thanks for joining us again. Back to Bruce Willis, Jared. We haven't done Bruce for a little while, I don't think, have we? Well, I can't remember the last I time. I don't think we have. I don't think we've seen a lot of Bruce pictures recently. We've we've dredged up one of his <laughs> lesser films, which is always... I think this is our standard, isn't it? Like, there could be a good one on offer, but we'll take the... We'll skip. The left. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> thanks. I want to watch the right, left. I don't want the filet mignon. I'll just have the fucking $5 lunch steak if you can. Thank you very much. <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how we we operate these days. Yep. But so we're, tonight we've got uh, striking distance, nine ninety three. You know what? Bring coming back to your rant about streaming. This is a Columbia Pictures movie with a big name star, and I could not find it anywhere unless I wanted to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And thank Christ it turned up on Seven Plus. Yeah. Out of for, the blue. For a week. For a week. Why is it on there for a week? <laughs> You're trying to bull. Yeah, bullshit. Uh, bullshit, but yeah. Physical media is king for me. <laughs> Have you got striking distance? You I don't. You I don't. don't. <laughs> there you go. But that's why. That's why I still buy stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, like true. It is true. Because you still can't get everything. No. All right. Honestly, I've said it before, but you would think the 90s never existed if you went on to some streaming services. Was the 90s a bad time for film? I wouldn't have thought so. I don't know. Maybe after yeah. watching Striking Distance, <laughs> <laughs> maybe they've got some merit. That's got no, merit. Yeah, but it's just like you know, trying to find some of the genre stuff from the eighties and nineties that we're interested in. It's like trying to find a fucking needle in a haystack. Yeah, that's true. That is true. All right. Before we get to that, Jared, what have you been watching? I've had a slim, slim group, slim pickings. Yeah, I watched um, Body Count mm. slash a movie, Italian yes. slash a movie. With that, the with the uh, the idea that we were going to be talking about correct. it, correct? So you kinda... yourself suggested maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me put it to you this way: it wasn't good. Yeah. Um, okay. Charles Napier. He's a good actor. <laughs> His performance is... I mean, to say it's sleepy is even giving him too much credit. Uh, it's an Italian film, so I think Charles was just over there having a holiday. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> yeah. Someone said, oh, yeah, oh, I'll give you a few days. Yep. It's pretty shit house. It's pretty boring. And there's some unsolicited dick. <laughs> One of the guys gets stripped down and pushed into a, the main house in the nude. Mm. And let me tell you, Jared, you know, I don't like to describe people's genitalia. <laughs> His look like a bush with a guy sticking his head out. <laughs> right. Someone sticking their head through. Okay. Put it this way. Kevin Bacon was happy to have his cock out. This guy should not have been. He should have been just like, I need this cut. Yeah. I need a contract. I need to see a contract. But, you know, when you're making a social movie in 10 days in the Italian wilderness, yeah. this is what will happen. Uh, I also watched the first episode of Poker Face. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Good stuff. From Ryan Johnson. It had a Columbo vibe. You know how Columbo's episodes always kind of started with how it, what happened? Mm-hmm. And then you just sort of saw how Columbo worked it out? Yeah. Because I kind of had a little bit of that about it. But it's good. It was good. Good first episode. And the last one I, we watched last night... It's not really, it's not a genre film or anything, but it was called Luckiest Girl Alive with Mila, Mila Kunis. It was on mm-hmm. Netflix. It's about a girl who survived a school shooting and then 
when she was in college, in um, high school, and then you know years later it sort of comes up again. There's all this sort of you know some people are saying her she was involved and stuff like that. Uh, it was all right. It was just a little bit um, sluggish for me, hmm. and uh, it was two hours long and it shouldn't have been. It should have been about ninety minutes. Right. That was it. Very lean. 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 Very lean. Lean. All right. Well, I I knocked over the Fantastic Beasts series. Mm. You lost me at I knocked over Fantastic Beasts number one. I yeah, yeah. Well, that I was just ooh. number one was in my opinion was the most enjoyable. Two and three, I was just like, God, what are we? I doing? didn't even know there was a third. Yeah, yeah. There was there was three. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't overly happy with it. I watched the Black Phone finally. Oh, great movie. Yeah, I didn't think so. I was, no, no, you were no, unhappy was, with it. I wouldn't say I was unhappy, but the things I found really good about it were a sort of a story we've seen before, but nicely done. Yeah. Ethan Hawke, really cool. Like, I thought his his performance, again, was kind of, you know, creepy, a little bit, in, you know, he was quite intimidating. But I just thought, you know, once we got on the on the phone, which I thought, again, was a cool idea, I just thought it went exactly where you, you expected it to go, and it didn't really... I didn't think it threw too many too many curves into the mix late, and I felt like it kind of had to to keep you on your toes a little bit. Hmm. But, yeah, I don't think it was a bad movie by any stretch. I, I quite enjoyed it. it, it to, for me, it was another one in that tier of Blumhouse kind of... Second tier? Solid, solid fare that, that isn't quite, you know, pushing into classic territory by, by any means. So I then jumped onto a fairly new full moon feature, oh, Adam. Oh, for God's sake. Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolorama 2. Oh, <laughs> have you seen the first one? I have seen the first oh. one. The first one was okay. <laughs> but this one was, uh, put it this way, Charlie, Charlie Band, he's making them on the cheap, but he's also, but this one was an hour long. So he's, he's so just getting the feature length on Charlie. Just, just getting there. Couldn't recommend it. No. <laughs> well, I didn't need to be told by you. <laughs> I don't need to have seen it to not recommend. Oh, shit. I also watched Where the Crawdads Sing. Interesting. Yeah. Because I read the book. Yep. And I had a lot of problems with the book. But mm. I heard that the movie irons out some of those issues. No, I wouldn't say so. <laughs> Again, middle tier. It's a story that's got... Like, I feel like it's got some legs, but everything in it seems just a little half-baked. I didn't mind where it, like, the, the, the little bit of a twist to it, but, yeah, I just, I didn't feel that it was overly, I felt like it was kind of paint-by-numbers for some of that sort of stuff that we've seen before. Enjoyable enough, but... I felt like the book was, like, trying to cover every base it could. Yeah. It's a romance, it's a... You know, detective story, it's a this, it's a that. Yes. And the book was all right as far as being decently written. Mm. But also the romance, the, the, the romantic triangle, it sucks because yeah, one of them's an absolute fuckwit from minute one. Yeah, so yeah. We, we know that, oh, shit, well, he's not going to be the guy he's going to end up with. Yeah, well, it's sort of, but it's also... um. Whereas to me, you don't go down and make him such a nasty bastard. Like don't make him such a nasty bastard. Try and sort of... Yeah, I think that was reasonably predictable in that sort of sense. I think the movie doesn't really go detective oh, does mode it? at all, which is good. It kind of plays it all out through the courtroom and flashback, and which isn't a bad way to go. But I just thought a lot of it was a bit lean. Because yeah. I, I think it stretched to two hours, and I was Jesus just kind of like, Christ. oh, I don't know if it needed to be. Did you... Um, 
So also, I believe you told me that her hair should have probably been <laughs> disgusting. Well, Adam, <laughs> and her odour probably yeah, should have been pretty rare. I read, I read uh, you know, I was, I was sniffing around letterbox just to get an idea of, you know, what, what people sort of thought. And there was a one-line review that says, I know she stank. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And of course, as I said, being the, the classless idiot that I am, every time the bloke turned up, I, that was the first thing I thought. I'm like, I don't see, I don't see running water. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, like, the swamp doesn't smell nice. She would have stank. <laughs> like, like, like. This is what I love about it. She is a fucking feral, and suddenly she's like, oh, there is blokes lighting up to be yeah. to date her. Yep. But she would have been a feral. Like she just would have been. She didn't have any. Like she wouldn't have even had. Basic skills, I would have thought. No, I it mean, feels like perhaps it, off that it feels like perhaps I, you know, in terms of the movie especially, where there's not as much time to go into it, feels like perhaps it should have been that her dad left when she was a bit older. Yeah. So that some of that stuff was a slab established because they were asking questions. But yes, as I said, the swamp water must give your hair a natural bounce. That oh. uh, I don't know how she was cutting it, but forgetting about <laughs> Pantene, what you do is you dip your head in swamp water and you're probably going to be all right. <laughs> yeah. Interesting enough. I also checked out the new Ant-Man. Ant-Man oh, yeah. I, I hear that's not good. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't love it. It was sort of, kind of. The setup is supposedly, oh, we're, we're going somewhere that's just totally different to where we've been before. And then when you get there, it's yeah, the yeah. usual Marvel Marvel fair. Look, I love Jonathan Majors' work. I'm, oh, he's just an actor at the moment that I'm Creed Three. Happy to watch all just over about anything. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for that. But he had some moments. He was okay, but it was just kind of, just there, just. Again, the thing went for two hours. I'm just like, why has two hours become the new 90 minutes? Because I didn't need to be in that cinema for two hours. I didn't well, for James like... Cameron, the new 90 minutes is just three hours. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, Jimmy Cameron, Jesus. If, 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 for him, two and a half hours is a fucking short film. But I, I, think, uh, <laughs> I, I think it's just... It's just suffers from... Th- I think this is one of the ones where it suffers the worst from the fatigue of the whole thing because, honestly, there's a point where you get into a battle and I'm just like, I just can't, I don't want to sit through half an hour of this and I know I'm going to have to because it's just, we've seen this a million times and I just don't I want could, to see that. I think, I personally believe, and this is my personal opinion, okay, they should have shut things down after Avengers Endgame for a while. Because, well, quite frankly, Jared, there is more and more of that shit, and people have just got tired of it. Yeah. It's just, there's, I think, just, I there's think, a movie every six months, there's a TV show every fucking three months. Well, I think they're, I think they're pulling back a bit. They've got to, because I think they're people, pulling back. I think people are getting after sick of that, this crap. There's, there has been good stuff after that. There's, there's been some... Oh, yeah, yeah. There's I'm been not... more misfires, but there's still been some good stuff. And the TV, the, some of the TV they've put together is actually some of the... Some of the well, sti- well like they Loki should have downloaded, you know, down, downgraded the TV for a little bit to establish some characters yeah. and then come back onto the screen. Because, I mean, do we really need to see Ant-Man? Like, f- like fucking three movies of Ant-Man? Well, the do other we? thing, too, is, like, it should be... and it. it the first ones of Ant-Man did play a little bit different where it was the quirky Paul Rudd, a bit of comedy. Hmm. They still try for a bit of that and you get a few laughs out of it, but I just... 
the story in this one was like I just couldn't I couldn't find find myself caring much for it and like I said I just don't know why it needed to be it doesn't need to be three uh, two, two hours yeah you can wrap up an Ant-Man movie in 90 minutes and I'll be totally happy you can cut out some of that bullshit with the fucking raging battles that I didn't really want to see and stick with more of the Jonathan Majors and, and Paul Rudd and I, I'm I'm happy like I don't yeah but I don't know it, it's who knows I, I'm still looking forward to some of the stuff they've got up there but just the standard Marvel movie now I just find myself kind of not as excited for for everything no. I, I'm more I'm more hit the point where I'm excited about particular ones and I did have a stretch of time where it was like they're on a they're on a bit of a heater I'm excited for whatever they're doing because they're going to mix a few characters into it now I just find they're trying to overstuff them and yeah. whatnot. But anyway. That's what it, it is what it is, I guess. It is. I mean, why why mess with a formula that seems to make a lot of money? Well, that's right. That's why it wasn't going to change. That's, what it, that's why they're in business, mate. They're in business yeah. to make money. So, yeah. you know, I see it. Yep. Well, um, so, well, the last two I had were TV affairs. I started watching Wreck on um, ABC, which is the, the sort of the slasher set on a... Um, slasher set on a cruise ship. Yes. Yeah. With the big duck, is that yeah? Is that a, um, is that the British? One? Yes. Is yeah. it any good? Uh, first episode was all right. Interesting. It's again, it's all going to hinge on where it's going. At the moment, it's it's okay. The setup is okay. They're mixing a bit of comedy in with the mystery, which I'm I'm happy enough with. Yeah. So yeah, hard to judge. The first episode was forty five, about forty five minutes. So I think it's a six episode season. So okay, good. But so far, yeah, I would say I'm, I'm happy to stick with it. And the last one, I kicked off Tales from the Territories. Oh, yeah, yeah the wrestling show. Yeah, yeah, so it's basically, it's essentially the same people that made Dark Side of the Ring but tied up with the Rocks production company. And it's the same sort of setup. They do flashbacks in an identical fashion, but it's pre-WWF getting together and kind yeah. of ruining the whole territory system and it kind of goes to each territory and picks out a bunch of the main players and puts them around a table and, and tells some stories yeah so from that sense it's a little more up and down some of the stories don't don't kind of nail uh, aren't, aren't as good as as you know they're not as engaging but then other stories are absolute belters yeah. like, there's a couple in the first episode including one about Macho Man Randy Savage <laughs> getting in a punch up in a diner that was an absolute belter yeah and the second season was uh, sorry. The second episode was completely based around Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler, and that was excellent. The third episode is another one of the territories. I can't remember which one it was, but it was the uh, the Ganji Gan- Gan- family, and it had some. I mean, they told some stories involving Mad Dog Vachon and Bobby the Brain Heenan and stuff like that that were. Again, some cracking stories in there. So yeah. so far, really enjoying it. Okay, good. I'm going to have to check that out because yes. I enjoyed Dark Side of the Ring. Definitely. All right, let's take a break, Jared. Here's the trailer for 1993's Striking Distance. Dead body in the water. We fished it out. The victim's name is Cheryl Putnam. The body was dumped up river late last night. Whoever killed her hung on to her for a while before he mailed her. How do you know? I used to be a homicide detective. Detective Thomas Hardy. Tom Hardy? You're famous, man. Infamous. Was once the most decorated officer on the Pittsburgh police force. You're a talented guy. You can be anything you want to be. I like my life just the way it is, Bob. 
until he broke rank. Loyalty above all else, except honor. And told the truth. It was a Pittsburgh cop that killed these girls. Just dance these guys. Now. I got you this job after they took your shield. River Rescue 9221. This is Bates. Party, please come in. 92-1, guys. He's got a new assignment. And Shark. A new partner. Hi, it's nice to meet you. I never had a woman partner before. Neither have I. And a river full of dead bodies. We're in pursuit of a murder suspect. Maybe armed and dangerous. This is not your case. Do you understand me? They should have never put him in the water if they didn't want him to make waves. How many men upstairs? Let me rephrase that. Officer Hardy was not uh, out of control and dangerous. Put some bodies in the river so I'll find them, Nick. He wants me to find these girls. Bruce Willis. You just won't let go, will you? Hardy, behind you! Sarah Jessica Parker. Thank you. No, I should definitely be thanking you. You know, I just, I just thought of a way that I could probably thank you. Boy, you gotta be so careful in this life, Tommy. Very careful. Striking distance. Striking Distance, 1993, directed by Rowdy Harrington, who directed Roadhouse, possibly the best name in the business, mm. I think. <laughs> produced by Arnon Milshan, who produced The Lighthouse, Hunt Lowry, who produced Deep Blue Sea 3, and Tony Tomopoulos. Written by Rowdy Harrington and Marty Kaplan, who wrote The Distinguished Gentleman. It stars Bruce Willis as Tom Hardy, Sarah Jessica Parker as Joe Crispin, Dennis Farina as Nick Dottillo, and Tom Sizemore as Danny Dottillo. The budget was $30 million. The box office was $24 million. Now, I've got a piece of trivia. It's long, so bear with me. But I think it... And, and again, it came off in an movie database, so grain of salt. But I think it sort of showcases when you throw your weight around a bit too much... This is the sort of shit that happens. Okay. Right? Rock. Can't wait. The Rock. Take heed. Mm. Learn some lessons here, mate. So the movie was filmed in 13 weeks in the summer of 1992 in Pittsburgh. Its working title was Three Rivers, and it was scheduled to be released in May of 93, but after the original cut was shown to a test audience, they hated it, and extensive reshoots were done in Los Angeles. Story changes and the removal of some plot points were done to make the movie better. Because of this, the release date was pushed back to, from May to September of 93. According to articles and reports at the time, the test audience hated the initial cut of the film because of confusing parts of the story, parts which were added into director Rowdy Harrington and Marty Kaplan's original script by Bruce Willis. One source mentioned how the original cut was like Hudson Hawk without the laughs. Good. One of the veteran production members said that Willis called the shots like he did on Hawk and like he used to do on Moonlighting. He had scenes rewritten. He did whatever he wanted to do. <laughs> we were working with Orson Willis. <laughs> Good. That is a cracker. Yeah. So Orson Willis is, is, is putting whatever he likes in the script. Now, word to Bruce... 
You just came off Hudson Hawk and Bonfire of the Vanities, the mm. two biggest flops of your career. When I get a script, I go, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't change a thing after that. Again, I don't understand. Oh, we've picked up a we've picked up a script or we've got a script here that we think is good. Excellent. I'll just go and rewrite three quarters of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, but there's more, Jerry. Yeah, but there's more. When news about reshoots were reported, Columbia chairman Mark Canton said in an interview that he couldn't be more enthusiastic about the film and predicted it being a beyond sizable hit. <laughs> 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 but to do so, the movie had to make $30 million plus to turn a profit. Canton was known for being heavily involved in several other films in earlier years that were known for having very troubled productions, including Wes Craven's Deadly Friend, <laughs> Bonfire of Vanities, and John McTiernan's Last Action Hero. Yeah. I, I actually had a book by him, another one of these fucking penises who clearly ready to jump onto anything that's a, a good film mm. and say, oh, my involvement was huge. Yeah. But then quick to distance themselves at anything that was a piece of shit. Yeah. Just like he did with those films, Canton also kept from the public the news and rumours about problems on the sets and bad responses from test audiences <laughs> and demanded heavy changes. <laughs> <laughs> In striking distance, for example, all the love-slash-intimate scenes between Hardy and Joe were reshot to make them sexier. Failure. <laughs> Reshoots were fucked as well. What's going on here? <laughs> imagine was it just, did they just add that saxophone that was kind of... Do you know what, Jared? Could you imagine what the scene would have been pre-that if that was considered sexy? God almighty. Several dialogue scenes, like the scene in, in, in the bar between Hardy and Dottillo, were also cut to make the film quicker pace. The change in tone also made Columbia change the title from Three Rivers to Striking Distance. Striking Distance is a much better title. Yes. Uh, and it's a fantastic title. Also has one of my favourite um, taglines. You shouldn't have put him in the water if you didn't want him to make waves. Brilliant. <laughs> I mean, yeah, to me, with the poster, you're fucking batting three for three before you, you go in the cinemas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they, they focused on the action thriller elements. And although it was his interference in the script and huge ego during filming that were the cause of problems with the production and the original cut, Willis was angry because he had to return for reshoots. <laughs> That's not surprising. He was I mean, so angry Bruce that he... Was, Bruce was known as a calm, gentle soul before <laughs> before all this, you know. Yeah, exactly. He was so angry that he blamed Harrington for it, despite the fact that Harrington defended Willis in interviews regarding the issues with the film. Good. Like, you know what? If I'm Harrington and we're, we're, making, we're doing reshoots and he comes back with that attitude, I'm just fronting him and saying, fuck you. You either do what you're supposed to do or you fuck off, basically. And then you're sent back in while the So what? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. So what? Yeah, like, you pay me. me. And I'll I'm go and paid, do something else. And then I'll tell you to fuck off because you're being an asshole. So, you see, I would, what I would do is I'd get through the reshoots and then I'd be spiteful and go into the media and tell everyone that Bruce Willis was an asshole. Absolutely. Can't, I said. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, I mean, then look, 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 yeah. It's no excuse. His behaviour is no excuse, even though he just recently. Uh, even a couple of days ago, he's, the diagnosis now is that he's got dementia. Yeah, so, unfortunately. I mean, look, that doesn't change. Yeah, the the fact that he the guy had a 
difficult reputation. He did, he and did. And I don't think... I mean, even in media thing, there was countless things yeah. of him just being dismissive and rude in interviews yeah. and stuff like that. And I can understand they're long days and stuff, but it's a small price of your massive... It's part of the gig, right? Yes, yes. Like, you don't see Hugh Jackman telling people to piss off and things like that. I know. And look, it's it's a problem when you were paying people 20 million bucks and you were giving them way too much room yeah. to move. Yeah, You know? And there's not that many producers or directors where they could just tell you, I'm running this show. No. You don't tell me. How I mean, it's going to happen? If James Cameron was directing Strike Fuck, mate. I'll tell you what. It'd be an hour longer. It'd be an hour longer. Bruce, Bruce would have been fucked, eh? He would have been said packing. Yeah. Like, Cameron wouldn't have put up with that bullshit. Mm-hmm. He would have just basically told him, it's my way or it's fucking out of here. Yeah. And, you know, someone like Spielberg, nobody does that shit to him. No. Right? Harrington didn't have a, a large... <laughs> Steven Spielberg, Rowdy Harrington. <laughs> I know, I know. Apples I know. and apples. <laughs> well, one's a, one's a pink lady and one's a grand <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're in the same box. <laughs> but the problem is Harrington did not have enough pull. It's the same shit that you saw with people like Val Kilmer. Yeah. Getting away with that sort of bullshit. Yep. And that dismissive and difficult behaviour mm. because you didn't have directors who told him where it was. Yeah. You and know. I mean, we've seen a bit of that now after watching that doco about the the island of Dr. Moreau. You've actually, you <laughs> you see a bit of that and, yeah. and watching his own doco, you see a bit of his kind of combative sort yes. of nature. And, and yeah, you, you hear mean, these stories, and again, this is slightly off the Bruce Willis and the striking distance mode, but you hear these stories about how he was fucking combative over things like Dr. Moreau and he was very difficult and all that. And then he gets on the set of something like Ghost in the Darkness where he's working with a, a big name like Michael Douglas who just puts him in line. Yeah. You know, he, he he follows the leader. You know, the leader does, Michael Douglas does the right thing. Yes. And so Kilmer goes along. Yep. Right? The problem with things, something like Striking Distance is you're talking about a $30 million picture You've had two flops in the lead-up. I think you you work with the director, don't you? You work with him. You try you and make so. the best picture that you can make. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like, as you said, ego. A lot of these guys in that position at that point were thought they were so big that they would probably just say, no, no, no. The, the, the thinking in their mind is, no, no, no. I fix this by... By just taking charge. And... Because I am... I am yeah. the reason why people are going to see this. Exactly. And so they'll, they'll, they'll turn up me. in rows where there's some people police pull. I'll start rewriting the sex scenes to make them sexier. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the last thing I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Shit, yeah. I'll go, uh, let's cut that out. <laughs> no one needs to see me trying to get sexy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's get into it. Sorry, that was lengthy, lengthy... Worthwhile, But I think worthwhile because it was an interesting glimpse at how the picture kind of fell apart. And mm. I think we'll see some of that in how we feel about it. I gave it two and a half. It's entertaining, but forgettable. And mm. part of the problem is that it kind of doesn't quite find its focus. It doesn't quite focus on what it wants to be. It's part thriller, part action, Bruce Willis action movie. It tries to cram a lot in. Mm. And I don't know whether it's successful in what it does. It overcrams, overstuffs. Uh, I will say double this. Double stuffs? Though, it double stuffs, <laughs> all right. I will say this, though. The cast is 
fucking deep. Yeah, it is. I forgot how deep the cast is and how good it is. Mm. So big tick for that. But, yeah, there's just something missing. And, I mean, there's exposition stuff where I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> mm. <laughs> who? Who did that? You Bruce. Know, like, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> but also some of the dialogue's tragic. Like, it's shit ass. Yeah. And it, it brings it undone. But I gave it two and a half. I was almost at a three. Jared, I was close because there's entertaining stuff in it. I was at a three for about ten minutes. And then you went downhill. Yeah, I went downhill. No, I, I went two and a half as well. The initial the initial setup is solid. Like, I was starting it, you know, t- probably 20 minutes in, I was thinking, are we, are we in kind of territory where we've just forgotten that this one was actually all right? And then I was quickly reminded, <laughs> no, 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 it's not all right. Um, I think what happens is it seems like the first act set up, and as you kind of mentioned stuff about, you know, his involvement with his cousins in the police and, like, his family in the police force and everything is pretty solid, pretty good. It seems like it's the second act where we just kind of get lost and we get caught up in the, oh, here's your new partner and all this sort of stuff. Hmm. And we forget that, like, from that point on, there's not a whole lot of new stuff coming out about the killings. Like, for a long time, it's just, oh, here's these three girls that uh, have died and he happens to know them all. Yeah. But we don't extend much further than that. So it kind of, yeah, got got a bit sluggish and a bit bit meandered a little bit in the middle and yeah. never really recovered from that point. Uh, but as you said, it's got some really good actors in it, which always, you know, you get a couple of minutes worth of good material from certain parties. Um, oh, definitely. So, well, yeah. straight out of the gate was the likes. You got Willis, Sarah Jessica Parker, Dennis Farina, Tom Sizemore, John Mahoney, Brian James, Tom Atkins, Timothy Busfield, Andre Brower. Hmm. Like... That's deep. Murderers Row. Murderers Row. Shit actors. <laughs> All sort of good character actors. Yes. And this is the thing. The ingredients, a big star with a heap of good character actors. Yeah, yeah. That's how you do it. Yeah, I, was, I thought it was wonderful to see the bloke that you modelled your whole kind of drip around, Adam, the Timothy, Timothy Busfield haircut, and he seemed to have his boat shoes on in this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to say, Timothy... <laughs> Don't skip leg day, because Timothy's cracking some pretty, some pretty skinny pins yeah. there. Also, uh, Tommy Cruise has got a got a, a tanning person that you can talk to. Oh, yeah, <laughs> turn the gun down, one or two Tommy, notches. Tommy's got an overzealous tanning guy <laughs> who would suit him very, would suit him perfectly. <laughs> I noticed he still had that fucking bullshit hairdo that I had. Yeah. <laughs> this is Strike Ninety Three. <laughs> that was right when you were looking at it going, hmm, maybe I'll dip into Just Cast and ask you if they can give me the bus fields. <laughs> couple of years later, he was um, using it to sum a claim in trucks. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, like it's, as you said, we've got a couple of old campaigners in uh, Dennis Farina and Brian James tossing their weight around. For Brian James, I've got a couple of high-quality likes of the shit he gives you, yeah. gives Hardy. Yes. I, <laughs> I, uh, he gives a couple of absolute crockers out. Well, yeah, I thought, like... <laughs> This is the sort of role that he, he kind of lived on. That was that was his whole shtick, but I feel like... In this I mean, I wish there was a Cockney accent. <laughs> yeah, if only, yeah, if only he could have been the bloke who'd come over from the British. And the man... <laughs> 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 swap, some, swap some pointers. But I kind of enjoyed that he spent his whole time in this movie. It seemed like 
Willis had come in and Brian James would be kind of smiling and smirking and toss out an insult and then Willis would volley back and James would just blow his stack. Like, you fucking asshole! Every time. Yeah. Yeah, Willis would parry with what I would call a probably second tier line yeah, yeah. and James would take the bait and go, you fucking yeah, it's not, <laughs> Willis wasn't hitting any winners. It was just kind of like, yeah, we're just going to go back and forth. Yeah, he was getting back to serve. Like, he was just yeah, going for yeah, return and the then, serve and then James would just start flying off the handle. <laughs> I was loving it. In tennis terms, he did it straight to the net. Yeah, correct. <laughs> he did it into the net, trip over his own feet. Break his racket. Break his racket. But he does have a couple of world-class lines. When he fucking tells you... When Willis turns up, when the guy's going to jump off the bridge, Jimmy... And Will stands up and fucking chase goes, What are you doing here? You gotta push him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. That's an absolute cracker. With what was coming later, though, I was half expecting Willis to go, No, you are. And James goes, oh, <laughs> A remonstrator. Don't tell me what I'm gonna fucking do. <laughs> Oh shit! So sorry, good. sorry. Uh, <laughs> use of the song "Little Red Riding Hood." Yep. Really nice touch. Kind of creepy, and worked in quite well in a couple of moments. The opening sequence is really cool with the little police car. Yes. And then then he plays it down the phone. Yep. Uh, and then we get it later when he rings Willis. Yep. Uh, I, I really liked it. I actually I forgot about that bit, and I was kind of like, "That's pretty cool." Yeah, shit. it added a little bit of kind of. It was the, it was one of the few times where there was a bit of, well, a little bit of a scare, a little bit, a little bit eerie yeah. in amongst the thriller sort of stuff. Yeah. I also thought having all the stuff about his family and him rolling over on his cousin while this stuff was going on, I thought that was pretty solid. Like that he mm. was in the midst of all that whilst this whole thing about Polish you know, Hill was happening. Polish Hill was that. happening. Yeah. That stuff was gold. I yeah. thought the stuff about him, like again. One of the, the one of the luxuries of having Willis when he's not rewriting your shit is that he's willing to play that down on his luck, less superhuman hero. He, yeah, he's yeah. playing the guy that is a rat, and playing everyone a guy hates a, him. Playing a guy with a busted leg who seems to, uh, when it's required, seems to kind run of, like a fucking gazelle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he seems to move on it pretty freely. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but you know what I mean, like. He's willing to play that guy who's not who is fallible. Yes. So that the whole idea that he he turned over. Yep. Even though you know, in a normal person's mind, well, he turned over and he should have. The guy beat the shit out of someone for no reason. That's what was that's what was good at the start. Is you've got this uneasy kind of relationship with his with with Dennis Farina as his as his uncle because it seems there's this acknowledgement that he kind of did the right thing. Yeah. When you see him with the beat cops, I mean, every single one of them is just like treating him like he's got like he's got the plague or yeah, something. Yeah, like, yeah. They're just kind of avoiding him, and and every time he walks into a room, they're kind of staring at him. And James is there, kind of yeah. sneering, and but they probably lather it on too thick. Yeah, they do. They do with the with the this, the um, extras, I guess. That you know the beat cops that are around and. They definitely lay it on too thick. James, I could have copped, but he could have been, he's could have been one or two of them kind of party. How you going? Yeah, or yeah. a couple of others kind of walk away or whatever. Like, but we only needed one, one, one scene like that. We understand the guy's a bit of a leper. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Room. But 
with the, the interactions with with Farina and that, I mean, it doesn't work doesn't work all that well. But there's times when it is kind of cool that you get this acknowledgement that hey, his son was doing the wrong thing, but he's still fucking dirty at him because he's your partner, like he's your family, and you're rolled over. He's in this kind of catch twenty two situation that he did the right thing, but it fucked up his relationship with his family and his, yeah. the, the and his career and his career. So yeah, I thought that setup was really interesting. Yeah, and I, I agree. I think that's actually the solid stuff. And I'm going to toss it out there, and I said this to you pre, pre-getting here, I feel this is would be right for a remake. The ingredients are there. Mm. It has the, the right sort of setup for a kind of an interesting thriller. Yep. It just gets botched, as we'll go into, and as we pointed out, there was a little bit of too many cooks in the kitchen yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Rowdy's. Rowdy's probably still ruining the fact that, you know, he let Willis near it. Mm. Yeah, um, Willis came in with a fucking bag of salt and a couple of other herbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the... no, 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 don't put that shit in there. <laughs> the opening car chase, excellent. Surprisingly so. Mm. Like, I remember and remember thinking to myself, it's not bad, it's, like, it's not too bad. But it's really well directed and well, yeah. it's, it's quite exciting. Also a crafty way to um, kind of develop a bit of the relationship between Willis and his dad. Yep. And show you the type of cop that Willis is. Like, you get this sense that he's done it all and seen it all just by the fact that they're flying through traffic at a million miles an hour, but just holding this conversation about what's going on. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that sequence of where they're all going over the bumps at the same time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that, at that point we were, <laughs> we were starting to get a little bit... Yeah, we were getting a little bit heavy, yeah, but I thought it was cool. It was such a cool we shot. we heading to Roadhouse territory. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. No one's thrown it in mid-doubt yet. <laughs> Come on. Uh, um, yeah, that, that was... Really, really good. That it was, was actually quite, quite exciting. That was quite funny. I oh, did... also, sorry, I forgot to mention too that they... <laughs> I did get a chuckle where they... Uh, the ca- a couple of the cars seem to crash, and then you see Willis and his dad drive past it. It seems to be a fucking 14 car pile up and a bus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're really. Everything's really going on. But yes, overall, that sequence was uh, very, very exciting. Yeah, I agreed. I did like that, even though you, you can't buy it later on, where Farina's going, there's no connection between Polish Hill and this current group of murders. There's no connection. Yeah. You would have possibly probably come to the connection. But I liked that the murderer changes their MO. Yeah. From strangulation to shooting. There is a there's a there's something that really puts the uh puts a negative spin on that from the get go, but yeah. At I least think... he's changing the MO. Correct. So it's yeah. not guaranteed as Polish Hill. And it ha- it means that Willis feels like he's onto it. Yeah. But James Correctly so, would be saying, "Well, <laughs> fuck you! <laughs> what the fuck do you know? Get back on your boat!" But while he's screaming at him, he then says, "Well, the Polish Hill murders were strangulations, so they're different." Yeah, yeah. Understood. Yeah. But I feel I also the negative to that is I feel like you know he's dumping him in the river. Mm. It's the same, really. Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, but you're right that because there's there's some slight differences. There's enough for it to to kind of go in that direction. That you yeah. believe that there would be a division between what people might think about it. Yeah, and no de- no definite connection. Like yes. You can't be saying well, it's definitely Polish Hill. Yeah, 
So I don't, I kind of dug on that. The little action scene on the hijacked barge. Yeah. Reasonably nifty. Reasonably, reasonably nifty. Um, Nothing explosive about it or exciting, super exciting, yeah. but it works well. Yeah. And again, it shows, I think it also builds a trust between him and Chrisman. Yes. Although it just seemed out of nowhere. Yeah, it does. It just kind of comes, <laughs> it just out, comes of out of nowhere. And here we're, we're on. Action hero Willis is, yeah. is here. And I think that's where some of the issues pop up. Even though the scene's decent, it's an action scene being shoehorned yeah. into a thriller. It did feel like that. You're just trying to show us that Willis is an action hero mm-hmm. instead of saying, well, we're not trading on his action hero status here. We're trading on trading on it's a thriller. Yeah. It's a scary thriller. Yep. So, But I, th- but I felt like it was serviceable. Indeed. Willis also has a, a cracking action line. Cracking action hero kind yeah, of. Was it the um, um, upstairs? No, no, no. About the... Uh, Old Irish saying, never listen to old Italian saying. Yeah, that's what Farina tells you about. Yeah. Like, I thought that that was classic. That was John McClane type Bruce yeah. Willis. A, a little little hint of that. I also didn't mind her saying, I've never, he said, I've never worked with a female cop. And she's like, neither have I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was kind of amusing. That was pretty funny, yeah. Now, I like the idea of Willis being, it's a cop. A cop did this. The cops doing these murders. Yep. But he kept in the early stages. He kept just saying it's a cop. And there was yes. never any kind of evidence to say he was. A, it was a cop. But then they show that Brower shows her the the um, news article, news story. Yeah. Where he says a police issue taser was used. Phone phone calls from for several of the murders were made from police call boxes. Murders were committed in a place where police response time was low. You know, so it's like there's a bit of credence to what he's trying to say. Yes. They add some credence to it. Should have been brought in earlier. Yeah, I think, well, yeah, maybe just a little touch more before that and we, we're kind of rolling. Cause in fact, said, he should have t- explained it to Crispin. Yeah, because for a long time <laughs> there was there was some missing in that in that regard. Well, it makes no sense. Like, if you're just here going, it's a cop, it's a cop, it's a cop. Yeah. But you're giving me nothing. Well, it feels like he should have given someone in the police something and been ignored because of the, the you know his status yeah. at that time that no one wanted a bar of him. I mean, give it to Brian James to have him. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I'll... Yeah, yeah. he would take it and immediately put it in the bin. <laughs> yeah, correct. So it feels like perhaps they could have played with that a little bit before it gets to. Yeah. As you said, I enjoyed the way they kind of showed the flashback of him outside the. The courthouse fucking firing up and yeah. kind of laying his case out, basically. Yeah. That I think that, that stuff was good. It, it showcased that he did have some kind of credence. Well, he had some he idea what he was doing. It seemed like for the rest of the movie, he was just fucking around yeah. on the boat and knocking yeah. people off. I am not about you, mate, but if someone says it must be the out of water patrol, I'm going, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can, I, can I pack a fishing rod? Yeah, can I pack a fishing rod? Secondly, I'm going to be tanned to shit. <laughs> I'm going to look yeah. like Tom Cruise. Yeah. Unless you're Busfield, who somehow manages to... <laughs> Be as white as rice whilst working out on the water. How does that happen? Yeah. Even though the sun is fucking reflecting off the water in your face, yep. you're still you're still the whitest man on earth. <laughs> Tommy Atkins, no, Tommy Atkins popping up. The funniest thing though is he kind of takes Willis aside and goes, "Don't fuck her." And the first thing I thought was, "Tom, you're not taking your own yeah, advice." Yeah. The very first thing you do is you roll out with a six pack of cans. <laughs> 
<laughs> she was going for a drive. She was over to the navel going, so who's coming with me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was expecting... I was expecting you to say, don't fuck her, because I... Yeah. <laughs> there was a cut line saying, I'm planning on doing that, so you just... Yeah. Just hold, hold it. You go, holster your weapon. <laughs> holster your weapon, son. Yeah, I thought there's probably a better... I mean, Buzzfield, I Buzzfield was probably better in the role of telling someone, don't fuck her. Like, <laughs> Tommy yeah. That's where Willis laughs again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've, seen no you. Chance, like. We've seen you, de- Dr. Chalice. Um, I love the fact that Atkins is there. Mm. I also love that he stands by while I have a fucking punch up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Policeman's ball. And again, Brian James <laughs> finds the perfect opportunity to get onto Willis, who at that point is only trying to break up the fight. He comes in. <laughs> Pushes him, lays one on the beak. <laughs> Tears his shirt off. You've been waiting to do that for years, you bastard. But you know what? Fucking calm down. Yeah, yeah. Like you started this. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're the saying one. that Willis is a Robbie, but you're the one that kicked it off. <laughs> yeah, that was quite quite amusing. Keep I think the more right. I talk about it, Brian James was my fucking favourite thing in this movie by a long stretch. <laughs> Honestly, mate, take it easy. I mean, I should have seen this coming, and I have seen the movie repeated times, and I still forgot. But the fact that Crispin was IA, yeah, and looking into him, it was a nice twist. It was a nice little twist. Yes, it was not expected mm-hmm. because I think as an audience member, you're looking for the twist as to who the killer is. Yeah, you're exactly. not interested as to how hard he's being looked after. Yep. Admittedly, if I'm fucking Willis and she dogs me on the stand, <laughs> I'm not talking to her. Maybe she backed him up. Yeah, but she backed him up, but that's horse shit. She's still fucking... <laughs> well, she's still out to get him, like, yeah. honestly. I find the most unbelievable part is that she kind of flips on it because she fell for the bike. <laughs> I mean, I'm what? sorry. She fell for the guy who drinks a, a liter of rum every day <laughs> yep. and and lives on a houseboat. Yep, and is clearly unstable. Yeah, yeah. threatening people with his gun. Like, why does he still have a gun? Well, he's on anyway. the water, mate. He's I on know, the water. but he's. I mean, you're being busted down. You're 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 barely able to flash your badge. You're not even getting... They're, they're, <laughs> he's been kicked off the force. Oh, yeah, you're being psychologically evaluated. Brian James was assessing the situation <laughs> so get rid of the bloke. The problem is so is Brian James. <laughs> yeah, yeah, correct. He well. should be holding any position of power. <laughs> um, the jump scare when the killer grabs Emily in her apartment, mm. it got me. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Didn't see pretty it coming good. at all. <laughs> Again, see seen this movie three, three times, times <laughs> or four times and still didn't see it coming. But it got me and actually genuinely, you know, because she moves into a position where it per- works perfectly as he pops out. I'll just say, you're, you're kicking me for watching Full Moon Features and you've just said you've watched this movie three to four times yeah. in your life. Yeah, I have. <laughs> I saw it in the cinemas. <laughs> I paid for it oh, on Apple God. one time. What is wrong with you? I don't know. I think I might have had it on DVD at one point. Sure, you didn't purchase it by accident? Oh, Apple, no, yeah. I didn't purchase it. <laughs> The fact that Farina, spoilers, mm-hmm. killed Hardy's father. Yep. Accidentally, essentially, yep. but basically because Hardy's father was going to shoot his son. Yeah. And would have that, that would have given the game up. Yep. I like that. 
Yeah, it was cool. I felt like it was a cool way to kind of... It wasn't just that Farina turned around and shot him. It was one of the good points that in an ending that kind of turns to mush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't what? <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. The, the ending's a disaster. <laughs> and it's... I think it comes back to a little bit of... You know, you get the strong performers in those roles. Mm. The likes of Farina sell sell that stuff for a couple of minutes yeah. while they're kind of trying to save it, save this ship from sinking. Correct. For a couple of minutes there, Farina's got his bucket and he's working he's, over the yeah, top. He is, buddy. <laughs> he's bailing like you wouldn't believe, the big fella. Yeah. Uh, and the last one for me is I thought the boat chase was reasonably solid and it was something yeah. different. As opposed to the key, your classic car chase. Well, it like, felt like a natural way to end it, right? Yeah. You had them on the water. That's what that's what you wanted, right? And it was, yeah, it was pretty good fun. Yeah, decent. I do like that flying off the end of whatever the hell that thing was. Mm. It's kind of like a jump. Yeah. Uh, did you have anything else? <clears throat> no, that was everything. All right, straight into the dislike. Yep. The way they f- show that they fingered Kessler... <laughs> just fucking walking through the courthouse in front of everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Willis knows nothing of this. No. He knows nothing of Kessler. And, you tell, and as he says, rightfully, he couldn't even lift the bodies into the water. Look well, at him. But, and this was one of my... This the, From the get-go, you fucking undersell this, this point of the film when you roll a bloke in who looks like he's got... Like, he's walking around into the courthouse looking around like he's puzzled and he doesn't know what's going on. And he's, like, it makes it look kind of ridiculous. He just, I mean, you roll him out and he's looking around going, ha ha, and then you roll, you roll in a bloke behind him who looks like the scummiest person looks you like Andrew find. WK. Yeah, yeah, and then the, immediately you're just in your head, you're going... Okay, so this guy's the patsy and this guy's fucking been paid to, to, to roll over on him or something. But the way that they play that out, I mean, you're going to get to that anyway and the idea is that you get to that easily, but it made it look ridiculous. Yeah. It, made, it was comical. It needed to be played out in the news reports, sort of like what Scream did with Cotton Weary, is that we never actually saw Cotton Weary. Mm. We saw him on the news being taken into the police car. Yeah. That's how that needed, this needed to be played out. Yeah. The Kessler is a suspect based on this, and he is going, He will be in court. I mean, the way Kessler looked when they walked him in, uh, I'm surprised he could tell them what his fucking name was. He was looking around like... Eh. But the other problem with it all was they were there to um, be a witness at the, the, the excessive force trial. Yeah. So what the fuck's Kessler doing there at the same yeah, time? I don't know. It, does, it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing it like, <laughs> I mean, I don't think it would have been too badly impacted if you had a bloke coming in that didn't look like he'd just been fucking picked up off the street and and told to to roll over on this guy and it just I I couldn't I, looking at those two people I couldn't not look at it and say this looks this, this feels ridiculous and like as I said you knew where that was going and that's fine for the story that's okay but but you needed to do it a different way so it yeah, wasn't yeah, you so. need to play it something so it doesn't look so silly on, on the screen I guess yeah I have to say straight out of the box a killer fucking fart assing around with a remote control car just doesn't bit. fit it doesn't it just it 
it's stupid. <laughs> it seemed like the whole point of that was to start filming the movie like we thought this was a this was a cop car that we're following, and then we quickly learn it's a remote control car. Yeah. But then we keep it up. Yeah, <laughs> like we true. do it a couple more times. <laughs> I was just like, no, no, I'm done with this after the first time. It, it, it was, yeah, I felt it was silly. Because you already had that quirky kind of, you know, he's playing the song, and he's playing the song down the phone to Willis and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. You don't need the RC car for mine. Yeah, you probably didn't. You probably didn't. And I'm going to say this, because, you know, again, spoilers. Jimmy, his partner, played mm. by Robert Pastorelli, his fucking ham is way too much. His performance is it's off just, the chart. It's uh, off the chain. Like, yeah. It doesn't take more than two seconds to realise this guy's the guy. Yeah, yeah. The moment he starts carrying on up when he's about to jump, well, yeah. who's the best cop? Who's, who's the, the best, best cop? cop? I mean, why fuck, I would have killed that? him. Who does he, why that? do you keep saying that? But you, like... So I didn't, I didn't go to him because, um, you know, I. Sh- well, as it you felt said, too much. Well, that's that's exactly right. I was kind of looking at it, going, okay, so you see him jump off the bridge. Surely they're not going to pull the. He survived, and it's him. Like, I just they, felt- they do put in that line about Mum jumped off this bridge, and and you know, they never found her. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. They put that in beforehand. Yes, but I just I thought they're not going to go with this, are they? And then, as you said, they did, and it was. He was just so over the top. He was. I think maybe, like, a better actor might have made it come off a little better. Maybe. He was just too... I mean, honestly, it felt like Maniac Cop. That's When I, when I got there, I'm like, we're in the, we're in the kind of Maniac, Maniac Cop territory. Would you say that Robert Desire would have done a better job? <laughs> Judging by Maniac Cop, really just yes. going off. He's just way too high, high, mate. Yeah, yeah. He's on something, the big boy. And again... Who's the best cop? Who's the best cop? Like, and I know that it's, it's used that. for a for a final sort of sting line mm. at the end, but it doesn't matter. Like he's just no. continually doing that and saying it. Yeah. And it's clear he's not the best cop. He's beating no. people up. No, that's right. I'm not the one that got taken into <laughs> taken in for police brutality. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> my one of my least favourite exposition pieces was we get the uh, Willis holding a picture of him and the flight steward. Mm. And then it cuts straight to the TV and it has the exact same picture. (laughs) Come on! Yeah, let's, you know. I mean, you could have had a picture of her her with Willis where she wasn't in the fucking stewardess. They look, yeah, what? It looks like a Santa photo. (laughs) (laughs) It did. She's sitting on Willis's lap. Oh, man. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty bad. It's just so obvious. Mm. And again, we just, we didn't need that because Brian James later on says to Farina <laughs> in a loud, remonstrating manner. <laughs> he remonstrates about it. Yeah. But he says to Farina that, guess who's, who was fucking her? Yeah, yeah. You know? Hardy. Hardy was fucking everybody, yeah, yeah, mate, yeah. that would seem. And I think it's not long after that that he kind of tosses a line about that. Then again, Willis volleys and then <laughs> James is off again. <laughs> James has watched that tennis match James, all fucking minute. James has got anger issues. He needs to sort himself he out. He does, he does. Because he goes off at the drop of a hat. He does. Adam, one of my favourite parts... And not in a good way. Was uh, <laughs> during the chase sequence 
when one of the cop cars flips over in the tunnel. Blows <laughs> 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 up. He goes, ah, there he goes, and then you have three to four cop cars just fucking fly past. <laughs> Barely a care in the world until I think it might be Willis's dad just kind of goes, oh, well, we're there, <laughs> Willis in the tunnel. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> of course, the car had to be fucking, you know, it was a Craig Baxley kind of inspired <laughs> effort on the car. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that car had C4 in the boot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm still I'm still not sure how that happened when the car got hit in the side. <laughs> <laughs> From my understanding, you know, in the 90s, police cars had large fuel tanks yeah, yeah. exploded on command. I think they were painted with petrol or something. <laughs> a wetsuit with breast paddings in it. And he makes some kind of line about... I can't remember what the line was, but I, I just, I'm just slapping my head thinking, you know, what are we doing? <laughs> Why yeah. are we doing this? Yep. Yeah, okay, it's a woman. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, she's going in the water. <laughs> Fuck yeah. me. Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus fellas. <laughs> you know, let's get our fucking head around it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then Brian James proceeds to stand over a course until Willis, you want to give her another one? <laughs> oh, yes. And I believe Willis Molly's a little yeah, more yeah, strongly I with him. I should thought. fucking pop you in the yeah, mouth, you yeah, yeah, or something. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he goes right off his again. It's so funny because James's face, like he's just got this face <laughs> that always screams, coiled spring, and it coiled, <laughs> <laughs> he plays it just like that. I mean, he gets that kind of... You know, he's he's kind of... You can imagine him doing everything but <laughs> nudging his partner going, hey, have a listen to this one. And then throwing it at Willis. And then two seconds later when he gets on back, he's You just, know oh. what was going on, though. Willis was constantly going, just watch this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy, this guy, he takes the bait every time. I don't even yeah, have to well, say, they, to that say that anything witty. That could have been a funny gag they could have <laughs> yeah, had. Yeah. He could have been saying to Crispin, check this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turn this fucking idiot up. Also, Dennis Farina, I love the bloke, but in the courthouse, the very first time in the courthouse, I think it's at the at yeah. Jimmy's sentencing or whatever. It's you're immediately suspicious, and that's okay. kind of like yeah. as you said, that plays into the working through what's going on really quickly. You almost immediately when you see that sequence say right. He's covering up for something, yeah. which then leads you to believe, given the cast of characters that you got to work with, that he's covering up for one of his family. Yes. Both of his sons are cops. Like, you sort of... And as I said, initially I was looking in the Tom Sizemore direction because he's the one that comes back onto the scene at the same time, and yeah. I just didn't think they would go with the, yeah. oh, he's not actually dead. I should have known better. Yeah. <laughs> but Well, it was by the numbers, thrill- no, yeah. thriller. Yes, <laughs> you should have known better should indeed. Have known yeah, the only thing that was missing... Some erotica. He should have called. Should have called a Joe Esterhase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, of course. But that's at the point where um, you know Farina is bailing, but he's yeah. kind of just on an upturned, upturned dinghy. No, but the problem <laughs> is, judging by the behind the scenes, Farina's bailing. And Willis is punching holes. In the yeah, exactly. Over exactly. the corner. Yeah. The stuff that really got up my ass was when. Like Brian James? Like, like anything's ever gotten up Brian James's ass? I mean, Brian James was as measured as they come. <laughs> just a level-headed character, just easygoing. <laughs> Many charge of his emotions. I think it's fair to say. Yes. But... 
when he, he catches Chrisman going through his stuff. Yep. And then he kind of, the way Willis reacts, they're trying to make him a, a herring too. Yeah, which kind of is just like... It's way too late. You already know this isn't the case. Because at that point, he's already had a phone call from him, Yeah. He? So we've already been sort of showcased the killers and it's all it's girls who, who he slept with. So why would why would he have done it? Yeah. Yep. yep. Stupid. Agreed. Like, really stupid. Agreed. Orson Willis. asking for bringing that in. Yeah, I think so. That was also in the point where, like, I felt they got a little sluggish, essentially, when they partnered up. From that point, you had a couple of scenes of them working through as partners, which I thought was good, like him not ticketing the guy with the grog and that sort of thing and having a bit of a disagreement. But from the point where they jump on that ship and taking down the bloody robbery or whatever's going on Who's there. Who's robbing that barge? What I were they don't know. They're pulling coal yeah, Are you something. stealing fucking garbage? I thought yeah. it was a fucking... It wasn't garbage. <laughs> it was like coal or something. But uh, the guy's going, where's the rest of the couple hundred grand? I'm thinking, what are we doing? Who's Who's got a couple hundred grand on a bloody... On a barge? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, from that point, it just kind of... Like, as I said to you, that that scene doesn't... To me, it doesn't really work for what I think it was trying to do. Like, it just kind of slowed things down for a few minutes. It's, it's supposed to, It seems like it's supposed to kind of galvanise their partnership. It is, but it's also supposed to show the Willis action. Willis King. Hero. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That. And it just, I just felt from that point, it was it was from there that it started kind of meandering around and it I didn't know where it was going. Like a drunken sailor, <laughs> it, it seems to kind of wander. It meandered like fucking Brian James's <laughs> temperament <laughs> that point. <laughs> no, it, if I can talk about zero to a hundred, there's yeah. a guy who goes from zero to a hundred. Yeah. In fact, he's 50 to a hundred because he's stuck at 50 to start with. Well, you look at his face and you assume 50. I mean, he's, he looks like his head's going to explode if <laughs> he talks. <laughs> Yeah, brilliant. And the last bit for me was the finale is just way over the top. Oh, and it just keeps going. Yes, yes. It just it doesn't... I mean, we go from the boats to a fucking... We're on a rail at some point. Yeah. We're under the water. We're fucking everywhere. <laughs> but also, I think it should have actually just stayed... The finale should have just been on the boat. On the water. Yeah. And Willis dives into his boat, Crispin's driving, yep. the punch-up is on, you know. Yeah, it could have been something like that. And then the, 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 the boat drives into a fucking pylon and yeah. explodes or something. Yeah, and as you said, like, the reveal and the, the acting. I mean, it's, it's really it's just, just going out off. It seems like he's in, like, a Dick Tracy kind of, yeah. you know, this type of hard-boiled sort of stuff. He's here going, who's the greatest cup? Who's oh, the best cup? It's I'm just, just like, oh, lunacy. my God, stop. Yeah. Stop, you're making this... You're making this worse. You're making it uncomfortable for everyone. <laughs> I felt uncomfortable. Yeah. I did like the fact that Willis punches James in the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was good, actually. When he comes up and admits he's been an asshole and what you think. Yeah. yeah, I would have said, fuck, mate. I mean, I, I know I rolled on someone. But I, think <laughs> yeah. we, I think we need to just quiet it down just a smidge. Yeah, yeah. Then I would have jobbed him. Yeah, just but. a modicum of fucking professionalism yeah, from you. Yeah, would you know what? The, 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 the reporters don't want to come to these scenes anymore because all I hear is you go, fucking God. Screaming like a bloody lunatic. That's right. Oh, jeez. <laughs> they think someone else is being killed. 
Oh, did you have anything else you didn't like? No, that was everything I think we've kind of covered. Yeah, she was pretty... All the bits look, and pieces. Look, As again, you said, it's... Look, it's probably... I would say it's better than I was expecting. Yes, yeah, agreed, agreed. I, I was remember. thinking, like... Uh, when, I, when I first started watching it, I was thinking... When I first put it out there... Because we've been talking it up at work. Mm. <laughs> Some reason I was crapping on about striking distance. I thought one and a half. But I was thinking it's, it sucks. Yeah. It doesn't suck at all. In fact, well. with a couple... Well, <laughs> it sucks to a degree. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But what I mean is, if you did... Made a couple of tweaks and you didn't let Orson Willis Take sort of run the show, you probably would have had a much better thriller. Yeah, I think so. I think you would have had something a little more um, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's disappointing that it kind of went that way. Yeah, fair to say. But that is Striking Distance. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Podomatic, and wherever you get your your podcasts. Send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia. We're at Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. And we're on Instagram at thrillmepodcastau. Keep an eye on the Facebook page for details of the next film that we cover. But until then, take it easy, and we'll catch you all later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.